everyone. It's Kobe. It's Kyle. And we're back with another episode of The Healing Circle. <laughs> if we, <laughs> if you did not listen to part one of our questions with Louise, that's what we're going to call it, I guess. Uh, that part one actually might end up being three episodes or something. But you should it's still part one. go back and listen to it. She answered the questions that you guys, the listeners, have been asking us about sex, faith, mental health and this is going to be a short part two where she answers the remaining questions so um stay tuned uh louise thank you for joining us again and uh we are going to just jump right into asking these questions sound good okay all right so first question is from a listener how can you learn about sex healthily as a single christian who is hoping to wait until marriage so there's some really good books out there um, for Christians, I think. Um, one of the books that's out there is is called A Celebration of Sex by Doug Rosenau. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a book that I really love. I think it's it comes from a scriptural background as well. So there's scripture sprinkled throughout the book. It has a workbook, um, you know, so for, you know, people who are about to get married or if you're going to get married um, at some point. Um, But I really think it's a good resource to learn more about sexuality and what God says about sexuality and um, other books like that. So there's some others that I could name. A Gift of Sex, I think, is a book by the Penners. I want to say that's the right author. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that book is a really good one as well. Um, because it talks about sexuality from a Christian perspective. And then also consulting with some people who have a healthy outlook, a healthy Christian outlook on sexuality, I think is really good too. Yeah. that's I didn't even think about the idea that there are resources. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think about that. And then also going to therapy. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a there's also a Christian certifying sex therapy board called the ABCST. Wow. Um, it's the American Board of Christian Sex Therapists. Um, I don't have that certification. I could go get it. Um, I just haven't yet. Life yeah. is crazy. Um, but um, so I have the secular one, but there is a Christian one. Um, and so you could even seek out a Christian sex therapist. Um, who believes in the the Christian principles and um, has a healthy, you know, sexual outlook. And so I'm Christian. I'm not an ABCST, but I do believe in that. And that is very much so a part of the type of therapy that I do with my Christian couples. Yeah. And I think what's awesome about going to therapy is that, you know, what you said in the last episode, making sure that your prescription is for you. Right. So there's not like a perfect answer that you could give right now. The podcast is going to apply to every single person who's struggled with perspective of sex and singleness, you know? That's um, right. So go to therapy, please, people. Go. <laughs> um, other questions that we have is what are some of the ways that someone could deal with low testosterone or low estrogen? Um or changes in sexual desire? So for the low testosterone one, I would suggest going to see a urologist that specializes in sexual medicine. Um, There are 
these places are popping up everywhere right now, especially for men, but not so much for women. Mm -hmm. um, so there's all kinds of clinics in Charlotte. There's places where you can go get shots and pellets and gel and all kinds of stuff. And there are compounding pharmacists that can give you all the testosterone that you want for the man. There's not so much for women, but that's what I would tell the men to do is to go see a urologist that actually specializes in sexual medicine to even get your levels checked. Um, so as men get older, their, their bodies don't produce as much testosterone. And if you have any type of condition like diabetes, your body, your, your body can actually, um, you could actually produce um, or um, gosh, I'm losing my words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can actually kind of get into a place of hypogonadism and that's where your body is not producing as much testosterone at all and you have low testosterone. And the problem and the reason why testosterone is such a big thing right now is because it will cause you to look like you're depressed you won't have as much energy for some men. Um, you also will have a lower libido. And some men can be just really irritated, you know, frustrated, and they present like they're depressed or anxious or just upset, or, you know, like they have a hyposexual disorder, but they, they may not. It just could just be low T. And sometimes low T will point to other issues like diabetes. Um, so it's important to get it checked out and make sure you're okay. Um, for the women, you need a hormone workup. Um, I'll uh, put, a, put a plug out there for Dr. Elise Kelly Jones. She actually has a women's center here in Charlotte, very similar to the men's clinics that are all over the place, um, where she specializes in women's sexual health. Um, so you can go see her. She has a whole hormone concoction where she can pull your blood and um, they will test your levels and figure out if everything is at normal levels. And if it isn't, then she knows exactly what to do to treat the lack of estrogen or testosterone in a woman. Testosterone, a low testosterone in a woman can also create problems for libido. Um, so hormone levels are important. And so, and then Again, every prescription doesn't fit every woman. So if you've been predisposed to or you're predisposed for uh, breast cancer or something, there are certain hormones you might not be able to take. And so it's really important to go see a doctor to find out what works for you and not try to, you know, make something fit for you that doesn't really fit. So that's that would be my advice. Wow. And can you share one more time? It's Elise. Kelly Jones, and um, her practice is with Novant Health here in Charlotte. I think it's over in the South Park area. Wow. Um, I will try and put that in the show notes, you guys. Dr. Elise Kelly Jones. I'm going to remember that. Elise with an E. E-L-I-S-E. A-L-Y-A-L-Y-S-E. A-L-Y-S-E. I would have never Kelly got that one. Okay. Jones. And she is amazing. What I love about her is that she's not going to dance around the issues. She's going to go straight for trying to figure out what the problem is, and she's going to come up with a treatment plan for you. Um, a lot of her patients really love her because she's good at what she does. Um, she has spoken all across the country. 
Um, her best friend is another daughter, another OBG, another GYN down in West Palm Beach. And she's the one that wrote the book that I talked about in the other episode um, called Kiss and Tell. Um, and they have spoken all over the place talking about women's health. They're very passionate about women's sexual health. Yeah. And we need people who are passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely. Places all over for men, you know, like there's so many, I've heard so many women say like, oh, there's no Viagra for women. You know, there's Viagra for men, but you know, if a man does feels like he can't get there or needs help, he can just pop a pill. But for a woman, it's kind of like, well, good luck, sis. (laughs) Well, that has also changed. And a lot of people don't realize that, but there are two FDA approved medications that help women with libido. Um, And so uh, I think Elise, if I'm not mistaken, was a part of getting that drug passed in America. So um, there is, there are two drugs that are out there now to help with that for women. So there's hope for us ladies. Wow. Wait, do you know the names of them? What are they called? One of them is Addie. And the other one, I'm not sure the name. I can probably look it up real quick. Well, that's yeah. that's great news. That like, is that's good really news. cool. There's there's hope. Yeah. There is hope for women to be able to enjoy sex and embrace their sexuality physically as much as they do in their hearts or in their minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and she's right here in Charlotte too. So to have a doctor that was involved in that type of research locally, I mean, that's awesome because you don't have to fly all the way across the country to go see some specialists when we have her right here. Yeah, we can just drive right down the road. Right down the road. Wow, that's amazing. Kyle, do you have any more questions? Um. I uh, I actually don't. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, I normally do. I'm normally the person with all the questions. Mm. Um, I'm still kind of I I'm processing it all. I'm shocked that I hadn't heard about there being a Viagra esque um, drug for women. I'm well. I shouldn't be shocked because of patriarchy and misogyny and all that jazz. But <laughs> I'm I'm glad to hear it. Like that's that's really awesome. Um, cause I know that we, we've come in contact with people who like feel trapped in their bodies, Yeah, you know, feel like their bodies are against them and like they weren't made for sex and it's just not something they get to really enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. So it's cool to see that there's hope. Yeah. Well, the, the great thing is, is that they passed at least one drug and shortly thereafter the second drug came. And so it's, you know, there's a trend now that they are continuing this research and they're continuing to develop ways for women to be treated for low libido. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also have all the other treatment things that we always have had, right? So the testosterone, the estrogen and those types of things, but you need a doctor who knows how to diagnose and apply those diagnoses um, Mm -hmm. for those situations as well. So, and like I said, we have that right here in Charlotte. So that's a good thing. And we have you right here in Charlotte. I (laughs) mean, you're going to get so many referrals, if not from this, from me personally. And remember y'all, it's Louise Suggs, which sounds like thugs. (laughs) She's a gangster in the streets who will help you in the sheets. That's right. Right? That's the tagline. That's the tagline on on the website. Y'all go to brightcare.com. Brightcare is the the Brightcare, sorry, dot com. 
Um, Look, my husband is over here cracking up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it. I love it. There's one other question from one last listener. I wanted to make sure that I at least asked you, even if you don't cover it, because I know you said you don't cover um, addiction when it comes to pornography. But um, the question this person had is, when two people start seriously dating, is it important um, that the person who may have been struggling with pornography is consistently recovered for a certain amount of time? I mean, again addictions aren't my forte or even my specialty, but if it were me in that relationship, I would want to see some consistency in sobriety. Um, If the person is continuing to engage in that, then I would say it's probably time for them to get some treatment um, again. And so, you know, I realize in the addictions world, you know, people say once an addict, always an addict. And in the Christian world, we say, no, you can totally be delivered from that and never turn back again. Um, But there's also, you know, the element of we all fall short at times and things happen and people slip. And so I, you know, I would want to see that in my partner if that was his struggle, um, to see that he was continuing to work on that sobriety. Um, And that would be for anything, really. Like if he was addicted to drugs or alcohol, like I would want him to be sober um, and not be, you know, participating in an active addiction. Um, And a lot of therapy, couples therapy, and sex therapy are both contraindicated when there's an active addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, that, you know, if someone is an addict and they're actively participating in it with no desire to stop, you know, a lot of times counseling in any form is not going to work. Yeah. No and void. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, cause there's nothing that you can really do. I guess you, know, you, you have to want to change. You can't really. Some ways. Yeah, I, I think it's the desire to change, but I also think sometimes the addiction consumes, like, the couple's work. It, like, it's not even about me and you anymore. It's just about you, and nothing I do can can really touch you. It's just touching the addiction, if that makes sense. Yeah, and if it's alcohol and drugs, like, if you think about it, the person stays in an inebriated state most of the time. Are you really dealing with them, or are you dealing with the alcohol and the drug or the influence on the brain. So yeah. you're probably dealing with more of the influences of the drug or the alcohol and even sex, right? Sex yeah. addiction, porn addiction, you're dealing with the impact of that on the brain. Yeah. So. I, I was tapping Kobay because I have one last question. We didn't said one Wait, last question. No, let me ask the, the, part, the part B to this question, and you can ask your question. And then Dang, we'll okay. so the part B to this question is: If you are dating someone who struggles with porn, is there a certain point where you would definitely consider maybe not being in that relationship if you're not married? Um, and I guess for me as a therapist, it almost seems like this person is ask, asking. For someone who is engaging in watching pornography, and from our faith perspective, we don't believe that that's something that's God honoring. Um, at what point do you realize it's an addiction? Like, at what point would you, as a therapist, refer out and be mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this is an addiction, and you need to go see somebody who's a specialist." Yeah. So I think frequency and tolerance have a lot to do with addiction. So how often are you doing it, and for what purpose? 
right? Okay. So when you get stressed, are you going to that as your coping mechanism? Um, are you using it as a way to escape? Yeah, it's, it's time to go see somebody. Um, if you if your job is being impacted, you're starting to do it while you're on your lunch break, that type of thing, you're in the bathroom at work, you know, if, if it's consuming you at that level, it's time to go see someone. Mm-hmm. Um, again, my tolerance for dealing with a um, a partner who is doing that could be very different than the person who's asking this question. Yeah. Um, so for for and I think the gamut, like there there could be anybody, like you could fall anywhere on that spectrum. And yeah. so for this person, it sounds like they really want to know: Do I stay or do I go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, this ain't the It sounds like they're, they're asking us <laughs> to answer that for them. Um, and I would just, you know, ask them. I probably would throw the question back at them and just say, you know, are you peaceful with where you are? And I would also ask that person to look at their own life. Like, are you an adult child who had um, a parent who suffered with addiction? Because sometimes you see the pattern repeating itself. So you might not be the addict, but you end up partnering with someone because of codependency um, that is an addict. And so you have to be really careful with that. And so that's where I would go with that person. But I think, you know, everybody has to make their own decision. So I'll tell you, you you asked me earlier in episode one, you know, what, what is sex therapy and what is it not? And if people are coming to me for all the answers and for me to just tell them what to do, I, that's not what I do. Yeah, I am here to help facilitate you to do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, I want you to prescribe what works for you because yeah. what works for this couple and that couple and that couple may not work for you. And so for this individual who's asking that question, I would say the same thing like, what might work for me might not work for you. And you might tolerate it a lot more than I would. Because yeah. me, I might just tell you. Deuces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the nail like done and way out. I ain't got time. I got things to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that 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 is also such a good um your response about codependency and how you grew up and, and what family system and group you um environment you were raised in is so important and what it's so important why rather it illuminates why therapy is so important. That like Mm -hmm. someone knows the right questions to help you understand why you want to stay or why you want to go, right? Or why you're even struggling with having making that decision, right? And not necessarily that they're going to give you an answer, but they are going to help you look at your life and figure out what answer works for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All Um, right, Kyle. Your last question. Yes, my last question, and this this hits close to home. I was thinking about it and I was thinking about it the other day because we're 27 or I'm about to be 28. Oh my God. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you've been able to tell. I, how do I put this? I'm more mature than my wife. Um, I'm only like six or seven months older, like physically, but kind of, you know, spiritually, emotionally, all these other ways. There's, there's a bit of a gap, but it's all right. Um, and so I'm about to be 28 and she's going to be <laughs> even younger than me. And oh my gosh. it's just one of those weird situations. But 
Um, we're 27, 28, <laughs> which means... <laughs> you're, 20, you're still 27. You are not 28. <clears throat> we, 20, 28 over. We are an indiscriminate age. It doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> but most of our friends are also around our age. And so what's happening is either they are about to have kids or they just had kids. Like, everybody's posting a, a new baby on Instagram or whatever, which is beautiful. And I know from experience that trying to re-engage in physical intimacy after um, after having a baby is... Novel. There's, yes. There's a, lot, uh, there's a lot that can go into that. Um, and there can be a lot of, like, trauma and a lot of pain that comes from that and a lot of differences in, in what sex even looks like. And your your wife's body changes. There there are people who are like, oh, I didn't who like don't feel the same level of attraction or trying to figure out how to manage that. And wives and and women who like feel, you know, low self-esteem or really worried about their spouse's response. So I'm sure this has come up in your line of work, but can you give some general insight tips on folks who are about to be in that season and how to approach it with love and tenderness? Well, one of, one of the biggest thing that, things that really jumps out at me is postpartum depression yeah. um, and how sometimes that can kind of hit you like a ton of bricks. And, and that's the, whole, the coupleship and being a parent. And so one of the first things I would, you know, think about is, is that what's causing the, some issues post having the baby? Um, and getting counseling for that, getting support for that. Um, yeah. But I'm going to go back to you guys' answer earlier, you know, assuming positive intent, you know, being okay either way, realizing that the woman has just gone through um, a tremendous experience, um, whether you push a baby out or you have a C-section. Um, I had a C-section and... You know, it took me a while to recover and, um, you know, realizing that's major and then also dealing with this little baby and trying to be everything to this baby. And if you're a nursing mom, your body does not feel like your own. And I did that for 13 months and that took, you know, it takes a lot out of you. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some of the uh, birth control pills that are given to women postpartum, um, they can kill your libido too. And so I think a lot of people forget about that whole that whole big list of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they say, why can't you just want it? Well, first of all, <laughs> I have more, and I can't remember what it is, but I have more of a hormone that helps me produce the milk and that kills your libido. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're taking a pill that also can kill your libido if you're taking um, some type of birth control um, because you don't have that other birth control that you have because you may be nursing. Mm-hmm. And then you have the fact that your body is not the way you want it to be because I don't think a lot of us want our bodies to be what they are, the stretch marks, the extra weight that comes, you know, all of that. And you're healing and there's pain and there's a lot going on. And I just feel like if we had a way to put me in... Don't the- even say it. I Listen, that's my first request. When we get to heaven, I'm like, God, we got eternity. Give me a two-year simulation. Just for all- all the, all the men 
have to go through two years of periods and then a full term eight and a half pound big headed baby. We got eternity, God. It's only two years. Listen, I'm telling you, it would give them a different perspective. But but I think think that's the point though, right? Really being empathetic and really from the woman's standpoint, also being empathetic. Realizing that your husband wants you, desires you, all those things, and really trying to figure out how can I overcome the things that are causing me not to want to be intimate with my husband. Um, and I think you should talk about it beforehand, right? You know, yeah. realizing that this is coming, you know, you are going to push this baby out or have a C-section and, you know, what are we going to do afterwards? What is, what is this going to look like? And I think the reality is for some men, some women's bodies never go back to the way that they were. Like I, I grew a whole shoe size and my yep. shoe size did not go back. back. Yep. And what can I do about that? Nothing. <laughs> Quite literally nothing. Right? I, I can't do anything about that. So if my husband says your feet are too big now, I guess we just got to get a divorce. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. like, what are we going to do? You know, it's not going to change. He would never say that. But my point is, is a lot of understanding, a lot of empathy, and even having that conversation about how can your needs be fulfilled? You know, and and when I say you, I mean both of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, as a woman who is in her second pregnancy, I wish I would have, we would have talked about this before. Oh, God. If we had just talked about it. But... I also don't know if I would have had, I mean, I had a pretty traumatic birthing experience. I don't even, we could have prepared, but we couldn't have prepared for what happened. You know, so I think that sometimes it's easy for men to see, oh, like you're physically here and present, you're fine. But like even emotionally and hormonally, I woke up, I would wake up and the bed would be soaked because of just hormones regulating, you know? And it's like, I, I don't even feel familiar with my own body. I'm not sure how to feel open with you with my body, you know? Yeah. Because your body just doesn't feel like your own. I don't know how to describe that. Yeah. But it yeah. it feels like you're like a milk machine and you're the caretaker of this baby and you're the baby swing and you're the napper and you're yeah. the bed for the baby. It just feels like everything is well, falling on you. It can be quite overwhelming. But I think understanding that and going into it with that understanding, knowing that I'm not just saying no to you just to say no to you, but I've really tried to get my body back. Yeah. And even, I mean, this is just me talking off the top of my head, but like, I, it was, I, I'm trying to understand my body. I'm trying to provide for this child, but I also think the intimacy that's most valuable to me does not involve my body right now. Cause all that feels mm-hmm. very confusing. And so, like, mm-hmm. the intimacy I would love is just presence, <laughs> you know, is support, mm-hmm. is a back rub, is do you need anything, is dinner made, is laundry, is not changing another poopy diaper, <laughs> you know? Like, I think the desire for intimacy changes because it's like, my body has just been through a lot. I want to leave mm-hmm. her in a corner and walk away. Uh, can I get intimacy that looks like something else, you know? Yeah. And for you, all you have to do is make a list, honey. And he said he is good. He will check everything off on the list. <laughs> I'm I'm a big charts guy. I'll big into graphs and charts. 
figure it out. Target has little charts with the stars or whatever. Yeah, so. you know, give me a gold like star that. or whatever. Me and Levi. Levi gets, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> crackers or whatever, and I get something else. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? And then in the men's defense, too, I think sometimes as moms, we can use our kids as weapons. Like, I'm a mother now, so I don't do that. Um, and, or I'm a mom now. I don't, I'm not gonna, you know, be intimate with you because I'm, I am doing this and we can put our children in front of our husbands. But I think it's really important to understand that the foundation of our family is the husband and the wife, Mm -hmm. not the mom and the child. Oh, and I feel like you just opened up a whole can of worms because, you know, I think it's, if I'm being completely vulnerable, it's easy to want to weaponize motherhood because it feels like my entire life changed and here you are snoring just like you were nine months ago. (laughs) You know, everything changed for me and here you are just playing your video games, hanging out, you know, something's changed for you, but like you don't have to wake up every hour. You don't have to do all this. You know, you're not having to deal with hormones. You're not having to deal with the stitches from a C-section. You're not having to deal with a stretched out body. You're not having to deal with going from a size eight and a half to a size 10. And now you got to mm-hmm. give away all your favorite shoes. That was hard for me, <laughs> you know? And, and so sometimes you're right. I think it's easy to be like, my life changed drastically and I felt it. You finna feel it too. Yeah. It's, it's not good and it's not holy guys but I am being honest that I'm mean, not saying that I always did that but I think it's easy when you're in so much emotional turmoil to get to that place well I think even you just saying that and being honest with your partner like the the way Kyle was talking about it earlier and checking off the list when you hear that if he really hears that he's going to be open to the influence to really hear your heart in that and say, you know, I know I didn't feel the the stitches from the C-section. I know I didn't carry the baby for nine months, but I am not going to lay here and snore beside you. I'm going to be very much so involved in this process to give you every break that I can to love on you, rub your feet. You know, I'm going to try to alleviate some of that pressure you feel as a mom because I'm very much so a dad. Yeah. And I'm going to live that role and not just kind of be, a, a, you know, watching this whole thing transpire here. What can I do? Can I get the pump for you? Let me help you clip that on. What else can I get for you? Let me help you out. Because I realize your body hasn't been your own for a very long time. And I realize you have gone through so much. Yeah. And I'm going to really, even though I can't really feel it, I'm going to try my best to empathize with where you are. And when we get to glory, God will allow them to empathize fully. No, no, no. It'll be a joy. It'll be a joy for me. I did Jesus, just give them one period with bad cramps. Just one. Listen, I've 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 had painful poops. And I didn't think I was gonna make it. So <laughs> so I'm gonna be honest right now. I can't do it. All right. I'm Okay. Y'all gonna have to go without me. I can't. I'm sorry. You're ridiculous. I love you though. (laughs) Well, um, on that note, Bishop, uh, yeah, Bishop Thugs. Yes, yes, Superintendent Thugs. 
Yes, we uh, we appreciate your wisdom and delightful and your candor you. and just the way that you communicate. It's yeah. just been an absolute pleasure. If you were hourly, we could not afford you, but we're going to try and send you something nice. I don't yeah. know. Uh, for sure. For <laughs> we sure. really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah. And um, if you wouldn't mind, I would love for you to share again with our audience how they can connect to you, where they can find you. Um, how they can get more personally involved in you and the work that you're doing. So um, my website is brightcares.com and that's with an S. So brightcares.com. And my email is Louise, L-O-U-I-S-E, don't forget the E, at brightcares.com. Thank you so much. We love you. I don't know. I've had so much fun. This is so cool. We so appreciate you, you guys. She's here local in Charlotte. Do not miss an opportunity to connect to her or go to her or get her to speak to you or your group of people because for us to have such a resource, I mean, it really is a blessing and we really do appreciate you. And the uh, the reviews are in. If you go and get therapy from her, your skin will clear up. Yep. Your credit score will will increase. Hair will grow. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. You get a promotion at work. Kids I'm start t- acting right. Oh, start acting right. Your hair gonna lay exactly the way you need. Mm-hmm. Do yeah, not you- believe anything he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just do the best I can. I am a vessel of God. So I just continue to pray pray that he works. And he's definitely working and we're grateful for that. Thank you again. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this part two. Um, This is the end of our season, guys. We love you, but we got a baby to deliver and we taking a break. So yeah, if Kobe's you guys pregnant, I'm pregnant with possibilities. Oh Who God. knows what can come out of me? <laughs> and we're we're gonna take a little hiatus. Um, but, but we will be back soon. Um, yeah. If you want to support us, please join our Patreon. All the information's in the show notes. Don't forget to grab a hoodie because hoodie season is here. We love you guys. Until the circle comes back around. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode and into this season. This is it. We're getting ready to have our next little baby. We want to thank you guys for seven months, over 15,000 downloads, 37 countries, and a spot on Apple's top 200 mental health podcasts. You guys are amazing. We wouldn't have been able to do any of this without you guys. We love you guys, and we can't wait to see you next season. If you want to continue to support us while we're taking a little break to have a baby, you can join our Patreon and catch up on all the goodies that we've been sharing for the last couple of months. Also, make sure to grab your hoodie because it's hoodie season. Go to our website, grab some merch, and keep supporting until the circle comes back around. Bye, guys.